0: Hey guys, it's Ben. Thank you for checking out this message. If you want to hear more messages from Catalyst Church, just search Catalyst Church of Carrollton on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We hope this message speaks to you, encourages you. We hope it builds your life. We hope it builds you. We are for you. The best is yet to come. And if you want to give or donate to what God's doing here at Catalyst Church, you can go to IamCatalyst.net slash donate. The best is yet to come. We love you guys. We're going to talk to each other because this world needs communication. So we're going to talk to each other. We're going to, we're going to engage this. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Yeah, really. Merry Christmas, that was. Yeah. 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 I tell you never that. Whether you like them, whether you argue with them, coming in the house or not, I don't care. Tell them, say, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. I love you. Uh, I, I am thankful for every one of you, whether you've a kind of family, this it's your first time here, I hope that you have an incredible holiday season, and I hope you enjoy the people around you and experience uh, the love and hope of God on new levels, because there's always new layers and new levels if you really want it. Um, I'm excited about it. All our guests, it's an honor uh, to get to worship with you and to grow with you this uh, Christmas Eve service. I would love to meet you. I know we've said it like 17 times, because that's how we need to roll is communicate. I fully intend, intend to be in the lobby. I'd love to meet you, especially year. you're new. No matter online, we welcome you. Uh, we hope this service speaks to you. And If it does, as always, just hit share. Uh, and, and we want to bless as many people as we can. That applies to you in the room. We re-broadcast all day. Tell somebody in your home alone, voice, Say, don't get scared now. Don't get scared. Yeah. Will you stand with me, stand with me. Tell somebody again. I'm going to wake you up and say, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Maybe you may get something off, but it's something that should be simple. Say, Merry Christmas. Yeah. The neighbor yeah. that you just ignored twice, tell them, yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas. I am going to take you to know, Luke chapter 4. Uh, you just everybody else is just a warm up back for me. This will be the real decision if you can handle it or not. I'm going to take you to Luke, uh, ch- excuse me, Luke chapter 2. I totally messed up the numbers there. I, don't, I didn't major in math. Don't need it anymore, really. Um, uh, so Luke chapter 2, i want to give you something in that. I'm give you a gift. It's a gift. Every song that we just sang, we sing them like they're fairy tales. We sing them like it's nostalgic. Man, that night changed everything. The presence of God which is Christmas, is proof of that presence changes everything. That night wasn't just a holy night. It was a hellacious night. It was an awful night. It was a gut-wrenching night. And when we say silent night, silent doesn't mean easy. Sometimes silence is when your anxiety is just, it is leaking. Your your insecurities are at an all-time high. You can't think straight, and it still can be a holy night. It can still be a silent night, and he's Can be that for you. We don't just believe joy to the word. Joy is something that you can have when you're down on the cross, just like Jesus did. Joy is only taken from you if you allow it to be. if you want it, it's available. I want to give you a gift today. Because Christmas is a gift. When you see it for money, it's a gift. And when people say it keeps on giving, I know that sounds real preaching. It can continue to do surgery and open up things in your life for you and show you how much God is for you. So now I want you to say it like it really matters. Say Merry Christmas, Atlas. Merry Christmas, Atlas. Luke chapter 2. Can we say this together? Say so I'm ready to open God's word. I'm ready to open God's word. Online, you cannot say this. Online, you can you can put a comment in there and let us know if you're watching with us and get focused wherever you are, even if you're on the couch. Tope, whatever it is. Say it one more time, guys, and say, I'm ready to open God's word. I'm ready to open, God's word. And be open And be open. Be open. God's word. God's word. Got you. Word. See, and if you pay attention. Verse 1. About that time in Pro Augustus gave orders for the names of all the people to be listed in record books. He did a census. Just like when we get a census from the government, everybody they they, they freaking raid our mailboxes and we're like, I don't want to put my name down but you had two back then. This ain't like, this like ain't American times. This ain't like America here. These first records were made when Curtius was governor of Syria. Everyone had to go to their own hometown to be listed. So Joseph had to leave Nazareth in Galilee to go to Bethlehem in Judea. We'll talk about that later. His hometown was Bethlehem. So he didn't have mailboxes and cards and social media and email addresses and all the other ridiculous, I think think the new email for teenagers has become Snapchat. There was none of that then. He had to go and travel for the census to his hometown. Long ago, Bethlehem had been King David's hometown, and Joseph went there because he was David's family. That was his home place. That's his family origins. Mary was engaged to Joseph and traveled into Bethlehem. She was soon going to have a baby, and while they were there, she gave birth to her firstborn son. She dressed him in baby clothes and laid him on a bed of hay because there was no room for them in the inn. Uh, Sigmund Freud said, how bold one gets when one is sure of being loved. Love does something to you. Love will give you confidence. Love will break things in your life that you think, maybe tell not stuff know if love's enough. Yeah, the real love is enough. And love will do something to you. If I can give you one gift a day, any day, every day, not just this Christmas, next Christmas, tomorrow, next week, and you don't like what you got to, you don't even like your spouse or yourself. Listen, I want you to know if I can give you one thing, one gift, it's for you to really see and receive. And I mean, really get it, how much God loves you, what he did to prove it. And I'm telling you, it will change, it will keep changing your life. And if I can give you that, that's what I want to give you. That's what I want to give you. Lord, right now I just ask you to pour your presence. Pour your presence out over this place. Let the hope and love of Christmas just pour out. In this room, through this room, iPhones, computers, uh, today, next week, when somebody watches it, or 10 years from now, Lord, let your love and hope just do what it be can do because it is enough and it's a gift. In Jesus' name. Amen. My, my message today is he live for you. you seat and tell three people say it's a gift. I I know Angie loves me. I do. I know she loves me. I trust it. I get it i I know that there's something about it. There's something about when you know somebody's your rider or not and they ain't going nowhere no matter way because they've seen everything you're working with. I know Angie loves me. I'm going to tell you how. If everything falls apart around me, if I run this thing in the ground, if I lose everything, I have no doubt that Angie still wants me to come home to her and she still wants me. She wants me. And here's how I know that is because she wants her real. Here's how I know it. I'm a tall joke, but it's the truth. And so uh, if you ain't got that yet, I'm sorry. Uh, wait till I got some uh, okay, hey, if you want if they're sitting next to you and they ain't there yet, I'm gonna take you going. you can get there. I trust Angie. She trusts me. How I know that, how I'm secure in that, is because before any of this, before God entrusted most of what I have and he's entrusted me to, uh, she still wanted to marry me and be with me. So you take all this away? She still wanted to marry my dad. Don't know why. Ain't asking questions. Just for that. Me and Angie, I'm telling we can sit on the couch. She likes us a little so more than I do. I like talking, but we can sit on the couch and we can, uh, no words, no nothing, just her presence is a home for me.
1: We can, we can sit on the couch, not saying,
0: and saying, it took you me a while? She has to teach me that this is intimate. We can sit on the couch, be silent. She is a home for me. I think I'm back for her. We'll stay, right, babe? She ain't amen, and she's mad. At me. Uh, she, she ain't amen when I, when I make up for whatever I did, for which I probably do a lot of times. I'm a little bit hyper-focused uh, Don't care what get it done. (laughs) She's my girl. I trust her, she trusts me. I adore her, she adores me. It gets better. It only grows deeper with each passing season. I mean, even the bad ones that we've come out, we put in in nine years, we have been through more and done more and built more than most couples get to do in a lifetime. So I can tell you. That girl's not that girl. She's not a I trust it. I trust it. And as deep as our love is, God's love is even more intimate and trustworthy. Even more. Christmas is not just a pretty story. It is proof of God's love toward you for me, say your neighbor, like we said the last two weeks, like for everybody. Everybody is proof. It's true. The Apostle Paul said to Jesus, He said, Jesus humbled Himself. God, becoming a man, He humbled Himself and took the form of a slave, a servant. He humbled Himself. In theology, we call it the kenosis, or kenosis. Uh, it means the self emptying of Jesus. Jesus emptied Himself. Because that's what you do when you love somebody, you pour yourself out for them. That's what you do when you love your wife, you know, when you love your husband. You don't have to like them, but you're committed and you pour yourself out. That's what you do when you're committed to your family. Anything in your life that you believe in, that you are bought in, that you are all in, you pour yourself out, you empty yourself. And Paul said, God becoming a man, here's his motive. He says to the church of Philippi to remind people like us, he took the form of a slave, a servant, and he died a criminal's death on the cross and completely he thought equality with God was nothing to cling to. He truly came down and it matters. Tell somebody, say it's a gift. It's a gift. Uh, tell them again, say it's a gift. It's a gift. Say it louder to your other neighbor, say it's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift, it's a gift. It's a
1: gift.
0: It's a gift. and he, and, and he Says that um said that he became like us in every way, fully human. So that he might become a faithful and merciful high priest. You know how single mamas know the hell that they can identify with other single mamas? It's because they are single mama and they know the season they're in. They're just 10 years ahead of them. See, when you hurt like somebody, you can connect with them. And the Bible says that he became like us in every way fully human so that he can identify and relate to us. This is big. This is love. We don't even do this for each other most of the time. The Bible says that he became a little lower than the angels. This man took off everything that made him privileged, that made him our creator. He was not just fully God, or he was not just half human, half God. He was fully God and fully human. Bible says by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for all of us. All of us. It says that, it says that because he himself suffered and was tempted, he is able to help us when we are being tempted. He loved us so much, I, I want you to see it, that He came down to hurt, to kill, to experience everything we ever will or ever had. It is a gift. It matters. God, do it. It matters. Somebody says it's a gift.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a gift. Je- it's a gift. Jesus even told on. Um, he says He's not ashamed to call us brother and sister. It says that Jesus told his disciples, don't call me back, call me Friend." Think about the intimacy of that. There is no greater intimacy than what the Bible says we are hidden with Christ and God. Jesus watches, this will, this will mess up all your theology, my church people. Jesus could have died at 30 days old. Days old, he could have been killed as a baby, and everything that was accomplished on the cross theologically mission accomplished the statement made. He didn't have to wait until an adult age of, of to, to, to die on the cross. Everything that we say he did on the cross could have been accomplished his first two weeks of life. But he didn't just die for you, he lived for he wanted to connect with you, to love you. That Joker could have walked out of the grave as a toddler cheating peace signs. Like, we could have made a movie about it. He didn't. He lived for you. I love Easter. I'm going to preach a lot hype on Easter. But Christmas is my favorite. It is proof of his love. He wanted to connect with you. He wanted to relate with you. He still wants that. He still wants that. He still wants it. Tell somebody to say it's a gift. Yeah. It's a gift. He was all in, fully human, fully human. He experienced. He had the full human experience. Don't believe me? Well, let me start here. He uh, experienced it all. Growing pains, man. Remember Derek having growing pains, having to rub his legs because it hurt. He experienced diarrhea. I'm just. It's not in the. Box. Uh look, and what we know I have talked about Dalaria three times in this serious. All every so I had to hand it actually get to, he <laughs> was as human as everyone else. This is a, about the like, way I had a Baptist Bible college professor that told me this. So I can, if I can't say this exactly, I'm gonna say it. I can tell you about one as long as they don't want you know as long as I'm gonna get you ever had to get dunked over down real face when you're begging the Lord to take it away from you? I'll never do it again. I got some humans in the building. Don't act like you. Don't act like you, like you please, bro. Let's so get out of here. You know, it was cold in here, and I turned the air on because
1: all
0: oh, y'all's hot breath. I know it ain't all good. I'll breath Man, Lynn, you know get point you're like praying and Jesus, it's like please I'll never do it again. And then when you get older, you do all the right things, and it's still you to like, Dad, is this way back from ten years ago? I mean, God, I do think i done better. Jesus said, "God, no, there's no doubt that he was as human as us." And they had dirty water back then. They, that's why they drank a lot more wine too, because the milk was nasty, the water was nasty. You only had milk wine. I mean, for real, can you imagine. You we were gone on a cruise and come back and I was in the spirit and think about that was the whole world, dude. <laughs> he was a in his less, man. So when I cash is in the office, a am like, you know, Cash Terry's looks son. Yeah. So he's an awful And I I walk into his office and I'm like, like, <laughs> cash, I created big daddy. He drops bombs
1: in What Jesus,
0: I'm impressed, man. Jesus dropped bombs in doing whatever that was, and he did it. Because the Bible says he was fully human. Everything we experience, he experienced. This is Christmas. Follow me. I'm going somewhere. He experienced. I'm going somewhere beyond our vision. That just was my starting point. Fully human. He experienced personal growth in that. Y'all believe me? The Bible says that, that, that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor of God and man. Just like we grew. He grew. He grew. He experienced, he experienced everything. He, experienced. he was born in poverty. He was born in poverty. Matter of fact, he was looked down upon, blessed them. He was labeled just like we are. He was labeled and God. Isn't this the carpenter's sign, they said? label. They said nothing good comes from Nazareth. When when, when they're trying to talk right to Daniel and here come see him. Wait, right. he comes from Nazareth? Nothing good. Nothing good. That kid ain't never gonna make it because he didn't have a daddy. He, he never had a chance. He grew up in what he grew up in. You just pity him and feel sorry for him. Maybe Jesus was that type of guy. The stat line was nothing good comes from sure Nazareth. His daddy's a carpenter, which was broke. A broke a living where Jesus probably had to help his dad and then bring home food at the end of the day because that's just what a carpenter did. He was a stat line. Single daddy labels. You go through this. You got set up for this. You raise like this. It's a good chance. All that stuff. Jesus was fully human. Tell somebody right now. Say it's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. gift. He experienced grief. Ever lost somebody? Grief. We know this because you don't hear anything about Joseph after the age of twelve. His earthly daddy, who raised him and loved him, and God trusted Joseph to raise. After the, after the age of 12, was, you know, he ran away from his parents, got lost, and we don't hear a thing about Joseph You know why? He was old. He died. He lost his dad. Some of you lost parents this year, and some of you lost men even more valuable than parents and soon, It's hard to listen to me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus was fully totally human. He lived for you. He lived for you. Rejection and betrayal? Yeah, Jesus did that too. Rejection, the Bible says in the New Testament it says that the stone, Jesus is the stone, right? We know that. The stone that the builders rejected, the builders were his own people, became the chief cornerstone. They rejected it. Man's ministry blew up in the region. Everybody, you know, you know, big time somebody makes an NFL and they become a superstar you know, a lot of times in that area, but there's always those hometown folks in the haters. They said we still talk about the 40 year old, we talking about like it's the same dude at 17. it's like, shut up, man. Everybody grows up. His own hometown did that too. He grows up, blows up, Judea. I mean miracles are happening. So you know what he does? He comes home to his hometown. Which means he goes and preaches in his synagogue. And that moment was awful because everybody else respected him and wanted him. Nobody they still didn't take him seriously when he came to his hometown. And not just they didn't take him, they were still trying to talk to me like I'm a kid. I ain't a kid. You ain't gonna treat me like a kid. But Jesus comes to his hometown, and he doesn't just get rejected and not taken seriously. The choker, they try to throw him off a cliff as a heretic. His own hometown. You imagine a PTA parent that you grew up with trying to throw your kid off a cliff? Yeah, that's what happened. They tried to destroy him. He understands. He was fully human. His, one of his closest friends betrayed him and is the reason he got put on the cross. The, remember when, they, when, he, when Jesus was going to kiss him to show the sign that this is the one that you need to rest. this is him? Because you know, like I said, that, and that's also social and all that stuff. They didn't have a picture and a well shot of it. And so he went and kissed him and Jesus said, the son of man is betrayed and kissed
1: Amen.
0: Every time. You got cheated on by your spouse, your best friend, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. Listen to me, Jesus lived for you. He lived for you. He lived for you. Every bit of it. He was bullied. You ever been bullied? Got some young people in the place. You may be 35 and still recovering from bull- getting bullied. Listen, he got bullied and beat down on the cross. They literally for hours. People don't realize he you hung know, on the cross for hours. It was the most, it was still to this day one of the most brutal and slow, torturing deaths ever. To this day, the Romans were good at that. Hours, they're picking on him. You said you were going to do this. I mean, you said you're going to rebuild the temple. They are picking on him for hours, instigating him for hours. If you notice this, change your world, man. It says in the Bible that they offered him wine mixed with gall on the cross. This week, you just read past that. That's an anesthetic that they use to ease the pain. And he rejected the anesthesia. You know why? He wanted to fill it
1: off.
0: He wanted to fill it off. He was so invested in you and wanted you to know that he he wanted to fill it off. You have feelings of abandonment? You've been abandoned in your life. You have failed. You have major abandonment issues and anger issues. Listen to me. He's on the cross. Could you imagine? Imagine the love that God the a man. He's on the cross and God is hurting. Jesus is hurting so bad. That I knew the plan, Father. I knew the plan, but he is hurting so bad. Nothing makes sense. And he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah, You've been in some funeral. You there's through some things in your life, it does not make sense. And listen to me. Jesus lived for you. This is Christmas. This is Christmas. This is Christmas. This is Christmas. This is it, it's a deal. Tell somebody right now. say it's a deal. It's a I want to take you back to Luke chapter 2. He was born in Scandal. I want you to see his life. He was born in Scandal. There was a census to be done. A census. So, so Joseph had to go. Joseph had to go. Jesus' dog, earthly father had to go for a census. From, Bethlehem, from Nazareth, his current town, to his hometown, of Bethlehem. This is about an 80 mile trip. 80 miles. It's not a short trip. Don't just jump. There ain't no car to jump in. It's It's costly. It takes a while. And we know in Roman law that Joseph did not have to take Mary to the census.
1: But he had to
0: take Mary. Because there was so much scandal at their hometown. Everybody, as I said last week, Mary was supposed to be stoned. Because did nobody think that God was the baby daddy? They thought Mary was preaching. And they were pretty mad that Joseph didn't do what he was supposed to do and, and just throw over and let her be stoned. This is a capital punishment in the world they live in. And so everybody's looking at it. They're giving her dirty looks. Looking away, and they think you should be lucky to be alive. Her, she was in danger—not just mental and emotional strain and stress. So it was safer for a pregnant woman in that time to travel 80 miles by foot and camel to stay in her hometown. She spent three months married as a pregnant woman with her cousin to travel to see Elizabeth, who was also pregnant with John the Baptist. You know why she did that? Because she had to escape all the persecution and all the judgments and all the danger. And so she spent three months of her, her pregnancy trying to get a prayer with her family away from her hometown. And then Joseph had to take her to Bethlehem because everybody knew how Jesus was born. Not a fluence. Not power struggle, not extra. No. Nothing. And nobody. No support system. So she ends up going into labor and death. Right now. Listen to me. We may even translate the, 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 the story. looked pretty for the kids when we were up here. They probably didn't know the real story yet. He was born on a floor of turrets. Animals, Walmart bathroom. That's what I can do <laughs> Except it's for animals you Walmart. Know, animal. See Walmart bathrooms are for us filthy animals. This is for everybody
1: else.
0: <laughs> I worked at Walmart. I know exactly what did that. I know what happened in them too. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> 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 I gotta keep it as PG thirteen as I can today. I don't know how good I'm doing it, but we'll see how we're Nothing on a floor, a bathroom floor for animals. Lay in a manger, don't just it's a feeding job Animals had to come in. They still had to get around them. Mary gave birth alone, no support system. Whatever friends and family you have left, try that, new moments. Nobody around you, nobody within 80 miles, which is like a look across the country now in that city along from her, her first name. The midwife is Joseph. I want you to hear me right now. When it says, when we say swaddling and cloth we make that pretty too. It comes from the ancient Greek, it means to tear. When they tore strips of clothes, where they could find them find him to wrap Jesus in strips of all clothes. He humbled himself and took the form of a servant. He came always, it came fully human in every way. And there is a message that we need to hear. He lived for you. He lived for you. He lived for you. There was no room for him in the end. No room for him. And this was symbolic of his life. Because the prophet Isaiah prophesied about Jesus and said he would be a man of sorrows and when you would worry. One commentary I read just when I dusted all some other wow. commentaries. One one writer says that the only place that was room for Jesus and his wife was on the mm-hmm.
1: cross.
0: Everything that you felt into the heaviness of it all. He took it all
1: off.
0: And he did it for you. Tell somebody yes. say
1: gift.
0: Shepherds. I told you in the earlier part of the series. I said shepherds represent the of the forgotten. All oh, my people, you don't feel like your family really sees and reciprocates the effort and the love you put in. You're overlooked. They don't see you at your job. They don't see the talent you have on the team. You know, people, the shepherds, their word wasn't even, their word wasn't even honored in court systems. They did not even speak in a court of law. Shepherds, there's a reason they were out in field, by themselves, not with their family and taking care of sheep. Just like I told you King David was when he was neglected. What was he doing? Shepherds. Jesus became a shepherd, but watch this, it even gets better. Wise men. Listen to me. Wise men. Wise men. We say that. Agile wise men. Wise men were male witches, sorcerers, punishable by death in the Old Testament. This is not the people that you walk in church and you just give them dirty looks. This is not the stuff that just gets you in the county jail for a night because you party a little bit too much, room, you know, you let, you let it all hang I mean, out and you end up rested for it, you know what I'm saying? This ain't that. man. This is not what you need to get put in prison for five to ten. In that culture, you want to really look at it, these were, this is a punishable by death type of people. And in a recorded account on Christmas, we see shepherds and wives of men come and worship. Hear the gravity. Hear the message of Christmas. If you feel overlooked and forgotten, if you feel like nobody sees you and is ever going to see you, if you feel like they don't see you at work, they don't see you at home, if you feel like nobody sees you, if you feel like your parents, your your friends don't see you, you feel just, oh, listen, he lives for you. If you feel like you're a bad person, and you have made some mistakes, so you keeping some things in your closet because you don't even want to tell the closest person in your life. You feel like, I mean, you've done some things. You've hurt some people. You've hurt your kids. You've hurt your marriage. You've wasted a lot of time. You've, 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 you've used it for years. Whatever it is that has caused you to feel, this is the message of Christmas. The man, the type of people, that type of whatever you feel like. Listen to me. Enough for
1: you. Mm-hmm. It isn't
0: okay. You feel like you ruined your kids. You're still trying to make up for the pain that you caused your kids. You're still trying to somehow outlive your reputation and prove it wrong. Wise men in there for you. Mm-hmm. The shepherds had nothing to give and they brought themselves. The wise men had a lot to give, and they laid it right in his feet and they bowed down. People that were invited to the Christmas story of shepherds and Shepherds and He is a manual, they call him, which means what God with us. He is not afraid of it, of any of it. Whatever your gift is, if he's not afraid of He's not above it. He's not ashamed of it, or you. Emmanuel, is right there with you. One of my favorite female writers, theologians, and she wrote a book I read two, several years back and I read it again and she was just <clears throat> She said our lives always We in church, and as church people, we, go, we don't, we don't, we don't, don't in our Bible, children. Our God's do. Always came down on our level. She said, We have a God that stoops. Right with us in the blood. A manual God that's who And she said this: our God is always stooped. If you look from the pillar of cloud in the Old Testament to the birth of Jesus and the nativity of the New Testament, our God has always come down to us on the lived. Electric. He came down. Can you just say that right so he came down. Yeah. Oh, I want you to hear me too. Say it with me again. You can write So He came down.
1: Yeah.
0: Three simple words. Again, so, did said say it again?
1: Say, He came down. Yeah.
0: He came down. Yeah. He came down. Christmas is our God came down to us. He found us. You don't have to find him. He found you. we one, I told you, he found Hagar in the desert and saved your life. You don't have to go up to him. He found you. The statement was all history. But The problem is, We keep trying to climb. We keep trying to come up, and he came down. This is where our lives, all of our lives, really diverge and where we struggle and we're heavy. He came down, but we're trying to climb up. You're trying so hard to prove yourself. You want to prove your worth? You want to prove that you're good enough, that you're smart enough? That you're talented enough, that you're anointed enough, that you have a that you, you want to prove to your parents, whether they're dead or alive, because we always want to prove to our parents because your mom and daddy will always be your mom and daddy. And we want to prove that I'm a good child, I'm a good son, I'm a good daughter. You're 75-year-old grandparent, and you're still trying to prove to your parents that you're good. And I want you to know he came. Down. It changes everything. It it changes all people church people, non church people, but people that hate church and hate Jesus because they've missed it all just like we have. He came down. You want to prove that you're not that person you used to be. You want to prove to your kids that I'm not, I'm really working on it. You want to prove to your spouse you're valuable. You're, you're trying to climb the corporate ladder. I've done it. I've done it in church. I'm telling you, ministry can become that addiction because we're all trying to climb because we missed the, the gospel, the truth of God's love and Christmas. He came down. He came down. You young know people, you get in trouble because you just want to get attention. You want your mom to it, or whoever your teacher, your coach, and you'll even take negative attention and trouble because you're trying to climb up. You're trying to prove your word. You're trying to work your way up instead of looking up and leaning we up. We're all trying to climb something. We're trying to prove something. You do know, feel like you're the perfect mom. I got some I know I got to church on the young adults so I can pick on your parents. I'm trying to pick on you. I want you to know you're trying to be the perfect mom. Well, you're trying to give your kids the perfect childhood. And you hold yourself to you say, My daddy's doing ain't exploited. You're trying to provide us. You have this certain standard in your mind and perspective of what a successful, good man provides for his kids. You are climbing. And you were exhausted. You were trying so hard. You were like, hey, the likes and shares on social media that you get. Man, the emojis that get dropped. You're a good girl. You're a good thing You want people to tell you what a good man you are because your daddy didn't tell you enough. Your mama didn't tell you enough. We are all trying to climb. We're trying to measure up. We hold ourselves to impossible, to, uh, impossible standards we're exhausted, you're just a tired mom, you're a tired pastor, I'm telling you, I'm talking myself right now, you're just tired, exhausted, you do so much for everybody, your chains are empty, because you're trying to climb, you're just trying to climb, you put so much pressure on yourself, and here's what you do, you set yourself up, to. you beat yourself up, you set yourself up to get big up. You end up thinking God wants to be slow because life just never lines up. And listen to me, the problem is you're climbing. You're trying to work your way up. And Christmas says he came down. Emmanuel God with us. And yes. much of your darkness and much of our darkness, it is worse because we are trying to climb out of it. He came down. He came down. Listen to me. Say it one more second. Say he came down. Yeah. He came down. And what we're doing is we are teaching our kids and congregations all over the world. And we're raising kids in generations that they just perpetuate the pattern. It's not a supernatural curse, it's a very natural pattern. And we grow them up, and they end up, they end up being the same type of farmers that we are. We set them up for the same things that have sent us back and kept us at bay, and it cost us 40 years of pain that we finally get to enjoy life halfway through it. He came down. He came down. He came down. It lived for him. It's a gift. It's a gift. When Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. When he said I'm the, of the world, we totally missed in the beginning of the death, and I don't even have time to tell that I spent a lifetime on the beginning of the death. And I've been, God just opened things up this Christmas for me. When Jesus said I'm the light," he wasn't turning on light switches and saying turn on the lights and all that stuff, that's not what God was doing. Not what he was doing. Last week I told you about the years leading up to the first Christmas. I told you Christmas is a long, messy, messy story. It's incriminating for Israel, it's just like it's like our stories are incriminating for us. None of us are all good guys, none of us are all the bad guys. We just have a good God who loves us and has never given up on us. Again. And so I told you in the years leading up last week how much hell I went through that left out wow, block stuff. So. I told you about a one sixty around the 160, about one hundred and sixty years before Jesus came, Israel was in the darkest season of their nation. And I told you that the presence of God just got taken from them. They were. Inco- I told you of all the rulers that, that came in Alexander the Great. And there was the Antiochus Epiphanes for hundreds of years, just broke them down, took everything to from them. Antiochus Epiphanes, I mentioned to you that he set up idols in their temple He sacrificed a kid on the altar. But it was way worse than It was way worse. See, Antiochus Epiphanes, this is the story of Christmas. Antiochus Epiphanes really. He wanted them to destroy Judaism because he felt like the one thing stopping the, Greek, the Greeks from becoming the ultimate world empire was Judaism. Isn't it crazy that the smallest nation group had in the biggest God? still true. Metaphor. He wanted to destroy it, so he outlawed Judaism. So he executed, he, he outlawed the Hebrew scriptures in this time period, just a little over a century before Christmas. They were completely broken by the time Jesus came to Jesus. He outlawed, it. he would crucify entire families publicly for, um, for observing the Sabbath. If they were caught circumcising their sons because that was a Jewish thing, they were crucified on the cross with their babies hung around like that. This went on for years. Antiochus Epiphanes is one of the most underrated villains in all of history. And something happened. This small, lopsided rebellion, don't have time to talk about it, but they were never going to win, turned into a three-year rebellion in Israel, defeated Antiochus of different things. And they were in tease about 164, I don't do numbers, but it's somewhere around there, 164 BC, they began to rebuild and rededicate their temple that was totally taken from them. They rededicated their faith. And the New Testament says, We are the temple of God. All of us have seasons what we're trying to rebuild, to rededicate, and redeem our lives, and trying to restore. And so, as they're trying to rededicate their temple, they're trying to rededicate their people, they're trying to rebuild just like we're trying to rebuild and rebound and do something with our lives, they we're trying. And they came and saw all the destruction that the Greeks the Antiochus Epiphanes left them. They desecrated all their gold so they went into the temple, and there is a, something called a menorah, which in Old Testament, Exodus, is very important to Israel. That's a Jewish worship. Can we get the seven candle menorah put on the screen? This is the seven candle. It was in the temple, stayed in the Old Testament. This is far back from what I'm talking right now. They went into the temple, and they only had enough gold to light this menorah for one day. It, t- it took about eight days for the priest to make more oil. But they lived the land anyway. The menorah, you can take that down. The menorah, the menorah didn't just stay lit for one day. Not just two days. It stayed lit for eight days for them. It was a miracle. A miracle. So much so of a miracle that God, in a time of darkness, they didn't feel his presence or anything. God showed that I'm the light, I still got you. They changed Jewish customs. Jews are very strict in the Old Testament, but they changed it. And they started a celebration. Now we know, and Jesus celebrated it. We know it is a couple different names, the feast of Uh, The Feast of Dedication, the Festival of Lights, or Climbing. It is a celebration, and now they changed it to a nine candle manor. Can we throw that up there? Nine candles is the eight candles. They added an eight for the eight days that the light continued to shine with no oil, with no sustenance, with nothing to keep it burning. The elevated candle that you will always see elevated somewhere is the nine candle. They call it the shamash, which translates servant. So in Hanukkah celebration, what they do is they light with the shamash candle. Every day, in eight-day celebration, they light one of the candles. Jesus is called throughout the Old Testament the Lord's. And when Jesus tells you in your darkest moment, in your darkest hour, in your deepest pain in my when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and anyone who follows me will not walk in darkness you know, but will have the light of life, he wasn't just talking to Israel in their darkest hour with that candle. You know, was burning, he is making a declaration that I am
1: the I am that
0: When you got no hope left, when you got no strength left, he was making a statement for not just back but toward. When you got no strength left, when you got no, when your body's ailing, when your kids are struggling, when your bank account's empty, when you have to bury somebody that's here, when you don't feel like you're ever going to get there, you're, when you're just tired and worn out, when your anxiety and depression is just like, I've never, you're not getting results. Listen to me. He said it then, and he said it now, and he meant it then, when they were literally in so much darkness. He said, I am the life Amen. Yes.
1: Amen.
0: And I want you to know what that means for you. Me. Because light is going to go out and The lights go out just like this.
1: And this is exactly
0: how it feels. When darkness comes on, this is the center, and now i light, in the way, like, I'm sorry. You come on up. In the dark, with your phone light if you need it. Don't trip, please. I will not laugh. I'm going to drive and trip. Darkness. This is how it feels when you don't even see where where it's coming from, the shots you're taking. You don't see it? You don't know when it's going to end because you really don't see where it's coming from. It's just—it's almost like your emotional mental you know, state when you're in darkness. Is just you're curled up and you're like, "I can't take it. I don't know when it's going to end. I don't know where to start to make it stop. I don't know." You're just struggling. In Acts 27, Paul is in a huge ship and he's getting he's literally getting shipped to Rome as a prisoner, and he's in ship because that's where the word literally came from, I think. And it says that the storm it says. In Acts 27 That they couldn't tell for two weeks, they couldn't tell the difference in that day. You imagine a storm that deep that you couldn't see the day, you killed the day from the night, it was just a They were tossing turn and turning, they couldn't control the ship. They all thought they were going to die. That's darkness. When you feel like you're never going to be enough, that's darkness. When you feel like you're not a good dad, that's darkness. When you feel like whatever's happening in your life, whatever doesn't make sense, that's darkness. When you don't even know how to manage your life, much less your money. When you feel like you're never going to close the gap of the debt and the bad decisions you make and the habits that you continue to make because the are so ingrained in you. You're not a bad person. You just never learn how to make a good decision for you because you're taking care of everybody else. Whatever it is, darkness is darkness. It's like this. You can't see it. You don't feel it. Don't know how to get out of it. So, what we do is we close out. And this is what Israel was happening to Israel. They were trying to put one foot in front of the other. It was dark. And so when Jesus says, when He when He grows up with that, man, he grows up and He says, I am the light that shines in the darkness. And the darkness is not overcome. He's talking to you. He does for you. No matter what you're going through, He lived for you. He is the light of your work. He is the light of your work. He is the light of your insecurity. He is the light of your shame that has caused you to try to climb and climb and and climb and you're tired and you're exhausted. He is the light. He loves you. He lived for you. That's Christmas. He says, I am the light. I will shine in your days. I am the shamash. I am the servant candle, the undying flame. I never run out of life. I have what you need, mama, That young person, child that has anxiety. You have worse anxiety than your parents, and you're barely old enough. You shouldn't have the anxiety, but you've been through some things. I am the light that shines in the garments. You can't read this. You can redeem your life. In the Old Testament, they call him the rebuilder of hope. Your family may be half fallen apart. It may already be in pieces, but he says, I am the one, I am the one that will make beauty from your ashes. I am the one that makes all things work together for good for those who love me. I love them. I love you. I am the one that promises that from your former strength you will have double honor. Right now, in this moment, this light of friendship, which is but for a moment, worketh in you, a far more exceeding way of glory. I am the life. Men will do it for you. Alcohol will do it for you. Success will do it for you. I am the light that in the darkness. You don't have to be afraid, and if you're scared, you can still step. I will reveal you. You take out your phone, everybody who has it, eternal your life. We don't need to go old school, channel. We just go new school, baby. It works. When you stand to your feet right now, God adores you. God adores you. Oh, come let us in your
1: I don't
0: know where you are right now. Like you may not even believe in God. You may have just came because you love somebody that came. Listen to me. I don't want really to do these things sometimes. So the presence of God, you don't even know how. You don't even know where it's going. You don't even know what you believe anymore. I want you to know. He is the light that shines in the darkness, that shines in your doubt, that shines in your anger, that shines in your questions. He is the light. So right now, we're about to adore him. Because he adores us. He loves you. He lived for you. It's a gift. It's a gift that matters. And so we're going to lift our lights up. If you want to come to the altar right now, you can light your craft for your family. You can bring them. If you want to, if you see somebody that needs some light in their life, you can grab them and pray for them. Hold your lights high. If you need somebody to grab you, if you know somebody right now that needs to be at this altar, you can grab and come with them. We're going to hold our lights high. We're going to worship them. He loves you. He loves you. You will not. You don't have to stay in darkness. You don't have to stay in depression and insecurity. You don't have to stay where you are. You don't have to continue being skeptical and think everybody's against you. Because if God is for me, who can be against me? He will for you, single mama. He lived for you, single daddy. You bring him
1: in. You young man, that you don't have a daddy and you don't have a mother,
0: and they don't love you when they show you're pressing for the dark present. He is the light that in the darkness. For your trauma, you're afraid of going to happen. The
1: best is yet to come. your best days are not behind you. you there for you. i this for in my life, but I believe it with all my heart. Because God's going to ever again. So right now,
0: we can adore him. You can come to the altar. You can sign your knees, you just hold that body high. If you need to do that, you We got some people to that are moving on notice. They're going to, to open me, see, with destiny. They want the Lord. He's told these people, would
1: hold Moses' hands
0: up. And we have to, you may have to hold somebody's hand up right like now. But we are going to worship. Just say, adore him right now. Say, adore
1: him.
0: You don't have to come down. You can adore him. adore him. So let's just worship right now in this moment. Hold your hands high we hope today's message spoke to you if you want to know more about catalyst you can go to iamcatalyst.net and we'd love to have you in the room one Sunday God is for you and so are we we'll see you next time